Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, this morning, we can actually say the home of the 2032 Olympics. Absolutely. First time we're able to confirm those details, of course, with the announcement last night here in Brisbane. Um, we are going to tackle this topic today to really get an understanding of what this means for Brisbane property. And we're going to relate it back to all of the planned infrastructure um, and also the economic benefits that this may bring. Um, and we're also going to do some myth busting today because there's a lot of naysayers who um, think that this may not be the best thing for Brisbane. So lots of information that we're going to be sharing with you today, which I'm really excited to be bringing to you. Yeah, it's probably a um, <laughs> everywhere you look at the moment, I think you'll see about the 2030 32 Olympics. Um, so hopefully um, we can get a bit more information and a bit more um, some things that people probably don't talk about. Um, so it's, it's very exciting. Um, we've also got some boys that Hopefully, you're going to train hard and <laughs> drive to get towards the uh, the water polo for the uh, for the Olympics. Start that dream now, and so I think I've told them they got eleven years of training, so start <laughs> cracking now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, you know, just last <coughs> night alone, um, you know, it's estimated that the public um, or the publicity that went globally just last night at the announcement. Um, is estimated to reap more than $170 million worth of um, free publicity. So, you know, that in itself, that's something money can't buy. Um, you know, when you do get the Olympic bid and you are hitting headlines around the world, we are now on the map. Who would have thought the little um, country town of Brisbane, as we used to be, is going to host an Olympic Games? Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive marketing. When you look at that globally to get to get thrown around the world, what that's going to do for the exposure. And I know that we're, we're coming through COVID and um, and hopefully things get back to normal very fast. But if you look at the future side of it and, and the positive side of it is the exposure for the tourism industry as well um, and what that will bring in um, to this beautiful sunshine state. Um, and it is a sunny day today, I forgot to add. A little cold but, this morning, I must admit. <laughs> but um, what that will do and the impact that can have is just going to be amazing. So um, very good exposure to start off with. So what what they generally talk about um, with the Olympics, and this has always been the way where, where countries bid to host the Olympics and spend so much money on it, spend so much money infrastructure, the cost blowouts, all of those things. Now, but this is really different. Um, so obviously these games are going to be different and some of the cost blowouts in, in the past as well. Yeah, look, I think there's been a lot of naysayers um, and people that don't understand the process potentially are those that are the first to raise their voice in relation to cost blowouts. Now, of course, Tokyo, um, the original $13 billion um, budget, which was the estimate, it has been blown out because of COVID and the Tokyo Games right now are estimated to cost more than $20 billion. So that's a huge increase from the original. But there's been some very unfortunate circumstances around that. Now compare that with what is proposed for the Brisbane Olympics, and that's $5 billion. Now, yeah, that's still a lot of money, but comparatively speaking, much less. So, yeah, cost blowouts um, have always been something that people have 
um, said is a negative for hosting the Olympic Games. But I think that sometimes, you know, it's about the infrastructure that's left unused as well, Scott. Yeah, I think that's a big difference is a lot of the the past Olympics, they've actually created and built brand new stadiums, aquatic centres, all of those things um, specifically for those games. I've seen photos, for example, of Rio. Um, I had a look at the uh, the aquatic centre there, um, it's just abandoned. You look at the before and after photos, it's just incredible what they've done um, and, and just left them for ruins. Um, so there's a lot of places that have actually done that where they've built those specific stadiums for the Olympic Games. And Beijing is another example in 2008. A lot of the infrastructure built specifically for those games has been left abandoned but um, very different here in Brisbane Um, and I think that the projection is 85% of the venues are using existing facilities. Now we're not creating a new um, Olympic village with all of these new stadiums here in Brisbane. We are using existing infrastructure so a very different type of Olympic Games. Yeah we've got a lot of stadiums um, here in Brisbane at the moment. Obviously we had the 82 Commonwealth Games, um, still got some uh, stadiums and facilities from that. Um, a lot of the stadiums will be updated, upgraded as well. Um, the other thing, for example, if you look at, um, I know a sport, uh, hockey, um, they're looking at playing hockey in Ballymore. So the, the rugby home of Rugby Union, uh, and they're looking at dropping a turf into the, um, the home of Ballymore there, um, making that the hockey stadium. Same with the Aquatic Centre, Brisbane Live, Brisbane Arena, um, whatever you like to call it. Um, which is going to be built, and they're looking at dropping a pool into that for the aquatic centre. Um, just for that, it's obviously cheaper to do that than build a whole stadium around a pool. It's cheaper just to drop a pool in the existing stadium, for example. And and just on Brisbane Live, it doesn't yet exist, but it is part of the existing infrastructure that has already been planned for Brisbane. So um, this is not something that's being built specifically for the Olympic Games, and in fact, that will become the entertainment. Um, venue for big concerts and the like in the future so it will be repurposed following the olympic games but you know i think that one thing that most people say is that every olympic games results in cost blowouts and that's just simply not true uh the research now shows the 1996 atlanta games were actually profitable so you know in their analysis of the sydney olympics um a study uh by James Giseki, I think the name is, um, of Monash University and John Madden of Victoria University estimated a loss of $2.1 billion. So Sydney was not profitable in the end, um, but it doesn't have to be that way and it does depend on the way it is planned. Um, I also know that the way that the host cities are now bidding for the very first time Um, is different and the International Olympic Committee has introduced a more flexible and efficient approach to hosting and this is called the new norm and the aim of the new norm is to produce a more sustainable legacy for host cities and Brisbane is actually the very first host city that has bid under these new conditions and will host an Olympic Games under these new conditions also. Yeah I don't know what it was we didn't actually pardon me we didn't look into that but I, I don't know what the cost was previously to actually just bid for an Olympics because there was a massive amount of money spent um, on just the bidding process and there's literally one city would get selected. So there was a lot of wasted money, I think, um, when you look at that, when all the cities go for it, one city gets selected, whereas now um, it's it's definitely a different process. It's, it's more streamlined, if you want to call it, um, and um, it's more affordable that way. 
And the way they're doing it, it's not just Brisbane. So when everybody, everything is talking about Brisbane as the Olympics, yes, it's the it's the main hub of it, I guess, if you want to say that. Um, but it's spread throughout southeast Queensland. It goes right up to Townsville. Absolutely. Um, I think even the Whit Sundays are involved. Um, there's even some opportunity that might even go, um, if need be, as a backup. They can actually use other states um, where they can actually use some facilities in those states. So we are quite a, a country where we can travel around quite quickly. Um, so you're looking through southeast Queensland, for example, which is the main part of it, and, and we're spread right throughout up and down the Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, um, and, and we are spread out quite a lot where the um, where the games will be held. And that brings into play the opportunity where we will start to see um, improvements in infrastructure to transport these people. Um, and we've got, you know, a 10-year plan to build this infrastructure for public transport. And then, of course, that infrastructure will be there for the long term. So whilst it will be built for the Olympics, um, it will remain in place for the benefit of residents um, into the future. Now, what I wanted to, to circle back to, the new norm and in the way the Olympics have been, you know, um, in the way the bids have been conducted and the way the Olympics have been uh, allocated in this instance, basically it means right now that host cities need fewer venues and a smaller athlete's village. Um, so there's less Olympic-specific infrastructure that needs to be built. So the way they've done this is that they're allowing uh, temporary or flexible venues for the very first time, and some venues will be able to be shared by multiple sports, and apparently that's not been the case in previous Olympic Games. So the other big change with the new norm is that athletes will also be able to just fly in for their competition and leave when they're over. So you won't have all athletes staying for the entire competition period. So that's a big part of this new sustainable Olympic Games that Brisbane will be the first host city to be a part of. Also, the uh, the accommodation. I did read the other day, I, I didn't take notes on it, but um, going off memory, some of the accommodation, because it is spread throughout southeast Queensland, there'll be different accommodation. It's not just in one athlete's village. Um, I did read that there was something like on average, they're trying to get it down to about 19 minutes travel time from accommodation to the sports complex that the uh, athletes will play in. So that will actually spread that accommodation around as opposed to just being one big athlete's village and one hub as well. Yeah, so unlike other host cities in the past that have held Olympic Games, um, the the Olympics themselves in 2032 will not be the sole reason now for new development projects throughout Brisbane, but they now will be the catalyst for bringing forward current infrastructure plans. And that is what is most exciting for property owners or property buyers here in Brisbane. Um, and it will also bring forward urban development plans as well. Remember, we always say Brisbane is such a young city. There's so much opportunity for infield development. Brisbane will change in the next 10 years in the lead up to the Olympic Games in 2032. And now is the time to position and reap the benefits and the rewards because of that. Um, let me just run through some numbers of some research that I've been doing. Around $400 million in road network improvements um, are planned and $23 million in transport upgrades. These are just a couple of examples of what will be fast-tracked thanks to the successful Olympics bid. Yeah, that transport side of it is going to be amazing. Um, they will start to link Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, uh, I think even out towards Toowoomba. Um, the transport side of it will really link southeast Queensland. Um, previously, 
I think in in years gone by, and even even still now a bit, you when you start driving around, if you know southeast Queensland well, you, you've got Brisbane, and then you drive out, and you're an hour, and you you go through some sort of almost countryside towards get Toowoomba. Same as the Sunshine Coast, you go up through the forest area there, um, and then also down down the coast. Um, it will actually link it up so much more that southeast Queensland, I think, will become a little bit more of one area as opposed to separate sort of um, areas as well. So, yeah, some of the planned projects then will include um, a second Gold Coast Highway, um, an extension of the light rail and the high and a high speed rail network as well. Um, and at a more local level, a major sporting event such as the Olympic Games that's now confirmed uh, will encourage the development of new pedestrian links, new cycleways and, and cycling paths, um, new green bridges, one of which has already been um, approved for development. Um, new walkways and, and cycleways will really benefit local residents and it will make our city a more connected city and really capitalise on the outdoor lifestyle that Brisbane um, has, you know, become quite quite known for. So people do talk about what the impact is going to have. And as you, as you start to pick up in these conversations that we're having now, it's going to have an impact on a lot of things. There's going to be tourism and things like that. But when you talk about green bridges and, and cycleways, um, probably more parkland. Like there's going to be so many more facilities around the place. It actually creates a more livable city. Now, Brisbane is quite spread out as it is. So to add to that, like I talk, talk about it most weeks, the weather, um, how lucky we are to have this beautiful weather and the lifestyle and how affordable it is to live here. Adding this type of infrastructure and this lifestyle component of it with the walkways, cycleways and all those sorts of things, it'll just make it even more livable, I think. And don't forget that um, with that second runway that's now operational here in Brisbane, um, the potential for new international flight connections in and out of Brisbane and, and also the Gold Coast, you know, because of the Olympic Games in the future is is really enormous because the airports do have the capacity. Now, we are very aware right now we're in the middle of a global pandemic and international flights are really limited um, and we're all hopeful that there will be a pathway out of this and certainly within the next 10 years, uh, we've got to have that optimistic outlook to to know that, you know, at that time, hopefully, will things be things will be back to a new normal. Yeah, and I think Sunshine Coast um, Airport has already been upgraded as well, just recently as well. So you've got the Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast airports, and, and obviously the extra runway here in Brisbane to, um, to take on those passengers coming in and out. So if we have a bit of a look at, um, you know, the total estimated cost of being around $5 billion, that, that's, that's not petty cash. That is a lot of money. Um, now, we've been spending some time, well, I've certainly been reading some documentation, and one of the um, reports that I've read in the lead up to this podcast uh, was by KPMG. Um, basically, KPMG, who were supported by the University of Queensland, uh, were commissioned to determine the potential economic, social and environmental benefits of hosting a 2032 Games in Queensland. And the, they produced a report which was updated just in May this year um, off the back of COVID because of the impacts that COVID may now have um, and therefore um, all of the original planning um, was amended and adjusted. Now, this analysis considers a 20-year time frame, which includes the 10 years leading up to the Olympics, as well as the 10 years after the Olympics. 
Um, so between 2022 and 2042, it's a long way in the future when we say 2042. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's about understanding what the potential value of hosting an Olympic Games is to the local economy here in Queensland. Um, and we'll get to some of the findings of that report shortly. But obviously, there's a lot of things that people are concerned about in terms of how will, you know, this be paid for. Now, um, the research that has been uh, planned and, and conducted prior to the Olympic bid, obviously, you've got um, domestic sponsorship, which will is estimated to account for $1.7 billion um, of the total cost. Ticket sales, $1.3 billion. I know we've already talked about um, how exciting it is to be able to be walking distance to so many of the venues that um, will be host venues for various events in the Olympic Games. Now, the IOC or the International Olympic Committee's contribution um, from international broadcast rights will be at least $951 million. So that's 19% of the total games budget in itself. Um, and the IOC president, Tom Back, has indicated that the IOC contribution could be further increased depending on future TV rights and negotiations in some regions. So, you know, there's a lot of um, money that or a lot of costs that have been accounted for in, in, in how that money's going to come in. So, you know, it seems to be well budgeted at this point in the planning process. I didn't think I was going to walk everywhere to all the events. I thought I was talking about an electric bike that I could just ride around <laughs> everywhere on these new cycleways um, and get around and have a look at everything. So it might be, that might be a good industry to get into as well, the electric bikes. Absolutely, especially if all the bikeways are going to be updated and, um, and you know, creating more connected cities and, and pathways. Um, I, of course, I forget we're going to be 10 years older. So you've talked there about some of the sponsorships and obviously um, funding through through those types of things. What about the economic impact? Um, when we look at what's going to happen, and we're talking a lot about money being spent, um, but the other thing is the benefits and, and also the jobs um, when we talk about that type of thing, I did hear the other day that the economic benefit was something like $8.1 billion just for Queensland, um, about $17.6 billion for Australia in total, and, yeah. and then jobs as well. Yeah, look, and I, of course, the, the report by KPMG is, is what has quantified some of these benefits of hosting the Olympic Games. Now, as some of these benefits are um, estimated based on um, things like social benefits, which includes the the health and well-being of individuals and volunteering, and that's a that's a very, um, in some ways, subjective um, a type of assessment. However, the objective assessment in terms of the economic benefits to Queensland that in itself is estimated to be four point six billion dollars in economic benefits, which. Um, you know, is really reassuring for, you know, a, a bid of this type here in our city. Um, the same report predicts um, at least 91,600 jobs that will be created in the lead up to and during the Olympic Games event for Queensland. Again, you know, creation of jobs provides you know, a lot of local stimulus, a lot of confidence for the local market. And how does this relate to property? Um, obviously, you know, we want to have low unemployment in a region to create that confidence for people to make big buying decisions. So when people have those, you know, jobs that are secure, when we've got an, 
um, economy that's improving and we've got these economic benefits that are going to be delivered off the back of the game's announcement, um, again, it all leads to much stronger consumer confidence and and therefore more stability um, in terms of demand for um, high-valued assets such as property. So it really does have a flow-on effect um, and of course, you know, if you are already positioned in the Brisbane property market or looking to buy, um, the benefits there are that, you know, 10 years from now, this, this massive global event will put Brisbane on the map um, and the demand for property in our region um, will continue to grow off the back of some of these broader scale, um, you know, economic benefits. Mm, good good uh, retirement thinking and, and investing into property that... Uh is going to benefit from it as well. I, I, I do hear a lot of people talk a bit about negative about, you know, oh, we're spending all this money to get some sporting games and all this type of thing. Um, you know, if you look back at um, 2000, those that were around, those are, that are old enough, I guess, to remember all of those things, um, it, it not just has a benefit in a, in a city. And, and you look at Sydney for 2000, Brisbane will be the same. People don't just come here for just the Olympics. Um, I know they talk about the athletes flying in and then disappearing after that, but... You know, if they're traveling to Australia from around the world, they'll want to see Australia. So they'll probably head towards the outback. They'll probably head up and down the coast. Um, general parts of Australia will benefit from this as well because they'll have people that don't normally come into those country towns that are looking around Australia and having a look around the place. Um, so I can see the benefits going basically all, all around Australia and not just Brisbane benefiting, but it, I think it'll actually have an impact everywhere as well. Yeah, and of course, you know, when they talk about social benefits, um, who doesn't want to be part of such um, an amazing event? I know I was a big part of the the Sydney Olympics. I, I stayed in the Athletes' Village in the Paralympic Games event. I was part of the staff at that time, and it was the most amazing experience of my life to be able to walk out with the athlete cohort um, during the opening ceremony and to hear the crowd roar, to be a part of such an amazing event where Brisbane really was, sorry, at that time where Sydney really was, you know, at the centre of um, the world's media spotlight. Um, and to think that, you know, we now have the same opportunity here in Brisbane, it's just mind-blowing for me because, you know, it was such, um, it, it really provided um, such excitement um, for Sydney and I know being part of it just the atmosphere and the feeling of the people that were around us all at that time um, I'm just really excited that Brisbane has that same opportunity. Yeah there's a lot of talk on the radio I, I listen to the radio every day um, you, you watch the news and all of a sudden it's just exciting there's people talking that this is a once in a lifetime experience to actually experience it in your own city here um, and, and actually be a part of it. Uh, I think the, the excitement, everyone's starting, It's they're already talking about it. They were talking about it yesterday before it was announced. This morning, it's just all over the radio. That's all we hear and all we're talking about. Um, and obviously podcasts like us talking about it as well. So you can tell that everyone's got that bit of excitement about it. Um, I think it will be an amazing time. Um, we've got a lot of things to happen before then. Um, I'm excited to see how it changes Brisbane as well, not just the games, but also Things like transport corridor, infrastructure, um, the property market is, is going to be amazing. I, um, I'm really positive now, especially. I, I was before, uh, even more positive now with the property market and what that will actually do and how that will change here as well. 
Yeah, I think that, you know, just understanding Brisbane as it is now, but also looking forward to what Brisbane will be in the future based on town planning schemes and infrastructure plans and um, infield development um, plans. We know what Brisbane will look like by 2032 because we see that in the planning scheme that uh, the Brisbane City Council has. And this is where we um, add so much value for our clients because we never buy for now. Uh, we're buying for the future. People don't want to be negatively impacted by future development, um, but others want to capitalise on having the opportunity to benefit from future development. And that's a big part of what we do. And, and different areas will, will change as well. So I think, and this is something to think about if people are thinking about buying property, um, the closer you are to some of those facilities, so probably the closer you are to the CBD, for example, if you don't know Brisbane that well, a, a lot of our uh main facilities for the Olympics will be closer to the CBD. So if you've got that budget um, to buy something closer to the CBD, that's a really good area to be in amongst. Um, if you've got kids that are looking to come and play in the Olympics, it's always a good time to come and relocate up here and buy a house and um, get them set up, get them used to the climate, which is lovely, um, and and see what it's like in the facility. So Obviously, if you're, you're that sort of person, you should jump in and book a discovery call with us at Streamline Property Buyers. <laughs> uh, and, and it's funny you say that because I know just last night um, we had three new discovery calls booked in after the announcement of the Olympic Games for property investors from both Sydney and Melbourne. So, um, look, that may be completely coincidental, but um, it also may be off the back of the excitement and the hype that comes with being the host city for the Sydney Olympics. Yeah, so. and I, I think that the property market's also, it, it's it's going great. I mean, if you listen to our market updates, you can obviously, obviously see and hear what the market up, the market is doing here in Brisbane at the moment. Um, obviously, with this news, that's another positive thing. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are interested. Obviously, our discovery calls are, are getting busy. So, And I, I know just, you know, our team participated in an online um, auction last night with that open negotiation platform that we spoke about earlier this year in one of the podcasts. And, um, you know, that property sold about $50,000 more than um, the appraised range for us. And so it's just further example, a further example, further illustration of the fact that people are really paying a premium to get into the Brisbane market. People are optimistic about the future for Brisbane. And I think last night's announcement has just cemented the fact that this market is not slowing down. And I'll make that call now. Um, I'm very confident that the inner city um, housing market um, has maintained momentum this month already um, compared to, you know, the overall national market, of course, with New South Wales or rather Sydney and um Melbourne in lockdown and now Adelaide also in lockdown, that's going to slow down the momentum for price growth uh, because people do, you know, get a little bit fearful in um, these sorts of times. However, we're very grateful here in Brisbane that we really have not had any impact from the COVID-19 um, small clusters that have come through. They seem to just uh, disappear as soon as they arrive, which we're very lucky um, but because of that, there's been no dampening of demand here for property and prices are still escalating at a very rapid rate. So um, the time to get in is always yesterday. Um, and if you didn't get in yesterday, then today is a better day. Yeah, because it'll be better than tomorrow. Absolutely. <laughs> um, look, I hope, hope that's a bit of information for people there. Obviously, um, you're, you're hearing about the Olympics everywhere, no doubt. So 
Um, it's exciting times ahead. Um, we're really positive about it. As you can tell, we live here. Um, I'll get my boys training. As I've said, they've got 11 years to get going now. So <laughs> I'll crack the whip and get them going. Um, but look, hopefully that was good to a um, bit of an update. We'll, we'll keep you updated on things as we go along. Obviously, as um, things change and plans and we understand a bit more detail and, and things start to move ahead, we'll keep you updated on those as well. Um, but I'll let Melinda wrap it up as usual. Um, thanks very much for listening and take care and bye for now. So I'm sure that you've heard it all over the news um, and we are excited about what the opportunity of the Brisbane 2032 Olympic Games will bring to our local region. As Scott said earlier, if you are interested in um, positioning in the Brisbane property market, whether that's a home or an investment property, please reach out to us, streamlineproperty.com.au. You can book a discovery call with us there and we would love to find out more about you, what sort of property you're looking for to see if we would be able to help. Um, as always, please don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and family. Leave us a review if you like what you hear um, and we will speak to you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.